When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Swallow your pride, there's nowhere to hide What would you decide when it's on the line? If it's do or die, would you compromise? Or would you stand through the storm and roll with the tide? Would you be the one to fight or the one to hide? You can never touch the sky if you don't try to fly Rocky roads, but we stayed unshakable Been through it all and we still unbreakable What is up guys? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast today uh, I'm excited to bring on my guest, Lauren Richardson Brooks. Uh, Lauren and I have a lot of history back to when this was like before Ashley Horner was even Ashley Horner, before the before I was literally nobody trying to figure out my life. Um, in retrospect, looking back, Lauren was the one main person in my life at that time who ultimately had the biggest role in me becoming who I am today. There was a lot of tough love. I lived with Lauren for a little bit, going through some really hard times. Uh, we have some crazy times together, like jumping on a plane and just going to Vegas. Um, and she's seen me go through a lot and it's amazing so amazing to see her success uh, tenfold because she is the type of person she will do anything for anybody. And she was that friend, that true friend to me when I had nobody in my life. I was, I had no direction, wasn't sure what to do. Um, and she showed me a lot of tough love and she helped me get my life back or maybe a clear path of like what I wanted to do with my life. Um, so I'm excited to talk to her, uh, to bring her on. She uh, is a wife. She's a mom. She's a massive entrepreneur behind the company called Bakery Bling. Um, it's recognized as recently one of the fastest, the top 50 fastest growing women-owned led companies uh, by women presidents organizations. So you can check her out at bakerybling.com. I'm so excited to bring her on. You guys are going to be huge fans of Lauren's and you're going to want to go buy all of her Bakery Bling. Uh, you can follow her on social media at Lauren Richardson Brooks. Uh, uh, so let's bring her on to the podcast and uh, hopefully we'll keep most of the stories, the old stories at bay. I don't know. Maybe you guys, you probably want to hear them. Uh, I don't know if I want to relive some of those, but let's bring Lauren on and uh, welcome to the Reborn Podcast. Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. Uh, those of you who don't, don't know, Lauren is... Uh, a long time friend of mine. She, we, we will not get into the details of any of this, but you probably like, if I, if I could like look back, if I could like just take myself out of like where I am right now and look back in my life, like whenever you and I were like together and we were doing our thing, that was a really hard time in my life. 
Like that was a extremely pivotal moment. Like through, I mean, I don't know. We like kind of ran around together off and on. Cause you moved out of like, you know, Oklahoma. Yeah. And, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about like how we met, but um, it's so crazy to just, to st- like to see everything that you have done and to look back and to realize like, if you did not come into my life, Lauren, we're not even going to, we're not even going to, think about or talk about like what, where my life could be right now. I think a good, you know, I think when you went to Guam, that was good. That was good. I remember (laughs) you were like, you need to get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) But no, but Guam was really good for you. And you really found a voice in writing. Um, and I remember you on the horses, right? I mean, like the pictures on the horses and I think I was your mom on Facebook. Um, I remember you were definitely, I, you were definitely a, a motherly figure to me. A mom. Um, well, <laughs> except for that one I, time, except for that one time when we went to Vegas together. Right. Probably. Um, <laughs> right. um so I want to talk, I want to start back from the beginning. Okay. I want to give the listeners like we met in Oklahoma. Yes. You were working out and I was a trainer at a Globo gym in Oklahoma city. Yes. And you and I connected because at the time you were working, was it Fox news? You were a news anchor. Yep. I was. Yep. Yeah. Laura is like a hot shit. She's still hot <laughs> shit, but she's definitely a hot shit in Oklahoma city. She's like by far the best news anchor, the hottest news anchor that you've ever seen. And then what, what did you do Wednesday? Like you did mornings, but I ended up coming on. Yeah. You were like, it was like, what was it called? It was like when workout Wednesday, workout Wednesday. <laughs> 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 and what was the, it was like pinnacle. Was it pinnacle? I don't know if no. pinnacle was out yet. Aspen. 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 Oh, Aspen. Aspen. Yes. The, yes. It's no longer there. That was the gym that I, that I worked yes. at. Yes. Um, Aspen. So we like, uh, okay. So we, we did like these workout Wednesdays together yep. on the news. Okay. And so that's kind of like where I want you to kind of take over. You started, you did stuff for the Fox news. You were a news anchor. Yep. You moved up north and then just kind of like catch me up. And now you're running like this massive company, Bakery Bling. And I want to talk yeah. about that. A okay. female owned running business. So how did you go from being a news anchor? You basically saved me. We're just going to say you definitely saved my life. Okay. Um, I was probably going down a really bad, hard path. And, um, but and you know, now- they say you learn the most from your failures. Yeah. Not yeah. from your wins. I remember this, this, uh, the story that you used to tell me, I'm going <laughs> to leave this for the, for the listeners. This is a story that Lauren used to tell me, right. I'm trying to figure out life. I was, you know, given like a really hard hand, whatever. I was playing the hell out of that hand. She's like, Ashley, like, I remember this. Like you told me this the other day. I don't know if you're going to remember this, but this is what Lauren would tell me. She'd <laughs> say, she'd say, Ashley, you're like walking down the road and there's a massive pothole. And you're going to fall in. Okay, whatever. You fell in this massive pothole in the road. Okay, so we're going to start this again. You're going to walk. And then you need to not fall in the hole. And what would happen? I would just start my journey and I'd fall down the fucking hole again. And then I remember the third time you're like, Ashley, you have to figure it out. You can't keep starting this journey 
and falling down the exact same hole. You have to figure out how to go around the fucking butthole. And so <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. I, I don't remember it. I used to always say like, it's like walking with your right shoe on your left foot. You can, but it's yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> like, yeah. So you're just like, like, what are you doing right shoes. now? Like, right. what are you doing, Ashley? Like, what are you doing? So, um, so we, that's kind of like the, like our friendship and, and, you know, Lauren had a, a big, uh, you, you're a big contribution to who I am today. And so it's cool to be able to bring you on here. Um, so like what happened after the Fox news, you, you moved up North. Uh, Yeah. Well, I went to to Guam. I went to Guam. Yeah. You went to Guam. Yeah. I went back to California. That's right. And then, um, yeah, because if you remember, do you still have the, the, um, what's it called? What's the Range Rover, the black one? I do. You do. Okay. I still have, I kept that. You kept that. No, you did. I know. Cause it was stayed at my house too, for like a, a couple of years. <laughs> so it was like a couple um, of years. And then I'd fly in to see you. Yeah. And I would like drive it or something. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you still have it. Good. Um, what's that called anyways? What was a the Defender name? Defender 90. Defender 90. Okay. So we, we moved back to Southern California and then I, w- I was interviewing in LA, decided I wanted, was going to do meteorology. So I started doing meteorology. And were you and flying I, a lot? Weren't you having to take like flying a lot. I was going back up North and back. And it was like, I would go Sunday night. I would leave Friday early morning and it just became such a grind. And I have Taylor. So Taylor at the time was going back into sixth grade, coming from Oklahoma that was kind of hard starting her again, you know, um, but she did all right. So long story short, we just, I got, I, I, you know, I just got tired. It was like, oh, I don't like your hair color. Oh, I don't like what you're wearing. Oh, waking up at two or three in the morning. And I just was never really a morning person. Mm-hmm. So I started like, oh, really? Like, Cause I remember, yeah, I remember then, you'd have to wake up at like two or three in the morning just to get ready. I for like- <laughs> I and half the time I'd be like hiding, like putting my makeup on. Um, but I'm like, Oh gosh. And so the ambient actually, like I started slurring my words. It'd be like, I was drunk in the morning. And even though I wasn't drunk, I just like, my body couldn't adjust to that. And I just like, felt like there was something more, right. It was like, okay, I'm, it's great. I'm 27, 28 years old. I just got married again. Like it was good, but I just knew there was something more for me. And I was always doing brag book back in Oklahoma city too. So I started another business, learned a little bit about like business and kind of like, I, if I'm not really a morning person, why did I take a job that started at two or three in the morning? I don't know. I just did. Cause it was always fun. Mornings were always fun. And that's the part of TV I loved. So it was kind of like, it was a perfect fit. But then as I got older, I was like, okay, I need to do something else. And I'll never forget. I think it was what Bethany Frankel, like sold her company for 120 million, um, for skinny girl <laughs> for the liquor. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this doesn't even taste that good surely I can do better than this. And so Little Wasted was born and Little Wasted became this low, lightly sweetened vodka, lightly sweetened tequila. I went down this road with the TTB, got all the alcohol um, formulas done. But while I was waiting for that, I started making glittery cocktail rivers. So So let let, let me ask you this. Were you inspired by the little girl wasted, like her line and you're like, oh, I can do something. The skinny girl, Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe a little bit. I was I was more intrigued by the fact that 
she was able to kind of, now listen, she had, um, you know, she was on the like real housewives of whatever, or she had her own reality show. So she definitely had a bigger audience. I was more fascinated by the fact that she was able to sell that company and the product wasn't that great. Right. And, you know, like not, I mean, no, in no way, like, listen, in no way diminish what she did because yeah, no, of course. for her, like she stole that. I mean, yeah. she stole that, um, what's a Jim Beam. And I was like, how great is that? You know, but I felt like there was more of a market. And I think that was the time too, where like everybody wanted like the options for skinny, right. Sure. It was kind yeah. of a thing. Um, and so they wanted to go out and enjoy themselves and not worry about like packing on the calories, which now you see nowadays they have all of the white claws and stuff like yeah. that. It's kind of like that after, you know, the, her drink came out and everything that she was doing, like there's a for really sure. big, all of the RTDs of like the skinny, um, you know, the white claws and yeah. you know, the way they have like virtually like, like no sugar. And, yeah. 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 They cut the sh- Yeah, for sure. So you know, and I would say a lot of that probably came from that, right? Because it was like I think her, she was one of the first one who's skinny, her who bottled something skinny, or sure. in that in that regard. And so, yeah, I think I was inspired by the fact that, you know, I think it's always and when I look at business now, and especially in like what we do, like if a kid came to me and said, "Hey, I want to." Um, make a chocolate chip cookie. I would be like, mm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure you do. Right. Like it, it would be very difficult or a, lo- a loaf of bread, right? Like it's been done. So I always look at it like, where is there a market that you can get into that? Maybe you kind of reinvent the market. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think those are the opportunities that you need to look at. Um, and so for me, I started working on glittery sugars, right? And so then we ended up doing like all of Disney's glittery sugars for their churros. We ended up doing some sugars that ended up going on like the Starbucks cookies. So I, I want to know, I want to know like this, this kind yeah. of uh, kind of came to fruition as you were waiting for another project to kind of finalize. Yeah, I, got you, you got <laughs> yeah, I got bored. You got bored. Yeah. Definitely definitely similarities in our personality (laughs) in that regards. Um, so like what, like why, what about like the glitter aspect or this, like I would never, and I'm just asking, I kind of want to dive into like why, because I would never think like, Oh, uh, let's do sprinkles. Like, let's like (laughs) figure out how to do like sprinkles or glitter. Like when did this, like, first of all, what, what was it so intriguing about that? And then at what point were you like, Oh, I think I'm onto something. And I think this is something that I really like and like the community and I can create something that people are going to want to buy. Like, can you kind of talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. So I think most of the edible glitter that was on the market was ground up plastic. Okay. So for real, for real. Let's talk about that. It's ground up plastic. plastic. So if you see like a really, really shimmery glitter on a cupcake, most likely it has plastic in it. Okay. Or, or has been that way. So they would call it um, non-toxic. Well, a Sharpie is non-toxic, right? So I was mixing some of this glitter in with the sugar and the guy's like, you know, this isn't edible. And I was like, what? What do you mean it's not edible? It's like sold in every place. It's on all these cupcakes. It's everywhere. And he's like, yeah, it's not edible. And I was like, Okay, good to know. So I had to um, 
I was like, that's not going to work, right? Like, obviously, I'm not going after like these mom paws. I was going after big retailers. So it's like, I couldn't put something in the market, like for quality, for FDA, for everything. I couldn't put something in the market that wasn't edible, right? Sure. And even if it was classified as just a decoration, if you're sprinkling all, sprinkling all this glitter on a cupcake, well, you have to eat it. Most kids aren't going to wipe it off, right? Before they eat it. So, I really learned about edible glitter. And so there was a company in the US that had made edible. So they used to make like, think about toothpaste and the, the Listerine strips and all the little squares that you'll sometimes see in your toothpaste that are for flavor. Mm-hmm. They started making an edible glitter and um, using like mica and titanium dioxide to get it glittery. And so we started selling cocktail rimmers to Stoli, to all these big companies. Like we were on Mastro's um, Lemon Drop and Bubba Gump's and Disney's and doing all the edible glitter sugars for this these companies. Um, and so we were basically selling a lot to like bars or kind of shops like that. Um, and then, you know, the business kept growing. And in that time I'd had two kids too. I had Miller and Kemper. So I, when I had Miller, I was really only working during her nap times. And for me, that was almost really peaceful for me because I'd worked my whole life. Right. I had a so, kid at so, cause you, you basically paused your, you're, you're not doing the traveling anymore for meteorology. You paused because you're huh. kind of tackling this other like business adventure. Yes. And now you're working, you have two young kids now at home and you're doing like the, like the wanting to do your own startup business. And you're also yep. taking care of the kids. Okay. Yes. And so then, you know, it really started where, you know, and that's where I paused. Like when I got pregnant with Miller, I was throwing up in the trash cans before like the morning news. And I was like, okay, that's where I was <laughs> like, I'm, out. I'm definitely like, not I, a morning person. I'm just like, <laughs> I just, I, you know, it was kind of ran its course. I did TV. Yeah. Right. Like I loved it. Um, and like, I would, if like Kelly Ripa's job was open, Hey, I'm in, but yeah, sure. you know, there's like, you know, a few of those jobs and, you know, I was just like, even from LA to orange County, you know, that that drive is like, listen, it should be like 45 minutes, but if you get in traffic, that could take you like four hours. hours. Yeah. So like, it just became non-conducive for my life. So it was like, okay, I'm going to start my own thing. I have my own hours. I'll be able to work with my kids. I can do it how I need it. Right. And so that's when Little Wasted was born, started working on the cocktails, started doing all the edible glitters, started selling all the edible glitters. I got to a point with the bottles that I was ready to go to production. All my alcohol um, formulas were approved. And I ended up meeting this guy who um, was going to do all of our bottles down in Mexico. So I gave him a large deposit for the bottles. And long story short, he ended up taking the money and filing bankruptcy. So that was like lesson number one, right? Like, oh, solid move, Lauren. Um, and at that point, you know, Trevor was doing well. And so it was like we were we were investing in my company, but that was a horrible decision. I should have given him half down. You know what I mean? There's like ways, things I've learned now that I would never do some of this stuff. But that was a really hard lesson for me. Because you know what? I, I, I don't know if you knew. I, I, I don't know if you remember this, but same thing happened with Oxygen Magazine, not the current owners. Okay. Yeah, I paid like $7,000 for an ad in okay. Oxygen Magazine. I wrote them a check. I sent it. The very next day, they filed for bankruptcy 
like gone. I think it was like seven or nine thousand dollars. It was gonna be a full page spread, and they sold it to a company in Australia. I'm shit out of luck. Yeah, like they're done. And yeah, I mean, same hard lesson. Like you hard never lesson. young entrepreneurs be so very cautious and it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to ask questions. And I think like where we get caught up is like, as an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur. We're so busy. We have so many things going on. So it's like, okay, there's a problem. This is the solution. Sure. Here's the money, take care of the job. And I expect, you know, for it to come back at the time that you said, we don't think like, okay, Like, what is the risk here? Because I'm trying to grow my business. Surely this person is trying to work on their business. But yeah, you have to be cautious. Don't be afraid to like ask questions. It's really important because I paid 70 grand. Okay. Yeah. That's that's, that's a lot more than 7K that I paid or not. Right. So that was a really, really, really hard lesson. Um, And I always like, you know, everything that we do, um, you know, these bottles were like amazing. And it's like, you know, I always try and, do the things that can't be done. And that's another thing too, because I think sometimes you need to meet with a supplier and listen, this was a bad supplier, no matter what, but like we would always design and then go to the supplier, right? Which you should go to the supplier and find out what like the parameters are, right? Like if you're not going to be able to put anything on the neck bottle because of how the neck com- of the alcohol bottle comes down and you have to do a label, whatever you have to do, you you can spend so much money designing and then figuring out what the capabilities are of the supplier. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah. And so we spent so much money on designing and then having to redesign. And then, you know, ultimately this guy just took our money and, um, you know, I'm a kind of person too. Once I have my mindset on something, by higher hell water, I'm going to get it done, right? And sometimes it's okay to pause and say, you know what? Maybe this doesn't work because not everything's supposed to work. And you can, like, you know, I'll never forget. Trevor really never tells me what to do, <laughs> but he's like, Lauren, you keep throwing good money at bad. Yeah. Like, bakery is working. Because at this point, we were now selling glittery sugar to Safeway Albertsons. Like I'll never forget, like all, we were selling glittery sugar all over the place, but I'm still working on alcohol because that's where I started. You know what Mm, I'm saying? You didn't want to give it up. You didn't want to give it up yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I had originally put my mind on. That's what I was going to do. Let me me ask you this. Like, is there something, and I don't know this about like your past, but is there something, um, because I've actually found myself in similar situations and it's almost like it, it is because like I get so locked onto something, but like, do you think any of that was like, you're like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to seem like that I failed or that I started something and I invested this money into something. And then it just like fell through and you're like, I have to see it through because I have to, you know, maybe you're not even proving it to anybody else, but you're wanting to make a point like to yourself and prove it to yourself. Was, was that like, that have anything to do about like, you just I'm not letting sure. go? I'm sure yeah. there's like a fear of failure somewhere. Right. And that's why I say we all fail. So it's like how you pick yourself up is, 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 is what matters because not everything is going to work. Not everything's meant to work and you're going to fail. That's a part of life. If you haven't failed, you haven't tried, you know? And that's kind of what I say now. It's even to Taylor, who's 23. She's so afraid. I'm like, you can't be afraid because if you're afraid, you're never going to, you'll be like stuck. You'll, you're paralyzed, you know? I, I, I like to use this train of thought, like whenever I'm designing and creating and developing, even new systems, it's like, 
if we're going to fail, this is a great example. I have a restaurant here at American Brew. Yeah. We wanted to do the ordering on the table. So the customer can go right to the table, do the ordering through the toast system that we have. And, you know, there was like a little hesitation from like my management team of like, oh, I think it's going to be crazy. I think the customers are like, they're not going to like it. The kitchen's going to yeah. get backed up or whatever. But it's almost like, you just have to try it. If we're going to fail, let's fail fast and then we'll pivot. It didn't work. So we'll figure out a new system or something else that's going to work. That's going to work with like everything that we have. That's going to be suitable for both the customers and, um, and the staff. So for sure, like if you're, you got, you cannot be afraid to go after the things you can't be afraid of like the, like this. No. You cannot. And so, you know, it's funny. And when I was doing the glittery sugar, I started sending them to companies that had like gingerbread houses or cookie kits. I'm like, Hey, you guys should use some of this in your products. Cause it would look way better. And I basically was just ignored. And so at that point, um, I had a relationship with Kroger because I was selling them a lot of edible glitter. So I knew the buyer and I'm like, Hey, just like, I've mocked up this kit. Just take a look at it. And at this point, Ashley, I'm probably in a 1200 square foot kitchen. Um, you know, and the, yeah, no, no, yeah, it was like 24, it was like 1200 square feet and another 1200 for the office. So let's say 2,400 square feet. And at this point I send this to the buyer and he calls me and he's like, and this is like March. And he's like, Hey, I, I really like this. Can I have 105,000 of these for fall? And I'm 105,000. <laughs> I'm like, sure, yeah, got this. Never baked a cookie, never done anything. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Got it. Got it. So I'm like, well, it's, um, Trevor's like, what are you doing? Like, we don't even have a kitchen. I'm like, I don't care. I'll figure it out. So yeah. I bought a building in San Clemente. And I like put, I bought the building, didn't even realize it had no gas, the building. So I had to put it in an electric, electric oven. <laughs> I put it in an electric oven. And this is only four, four years ago. So we have literally gone from 100 and 100, 1200 square foot feet to 125,000 square feet. Holy cow. In the course of four years. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And we're opening our second plant in Monterey, Mexico right now. Wow. That's incredible. So like whenever the whole bottle thing happened and you dumped all this money and then dude, I've been there, it's heart-wrenching and it's like, there's nothing you could do about it. Like at, at what point did you ever, did you ever, did it ever slow your stride? Or were you constantly like, oh, okay. Like, no. you know what slowed my stride was I went to church. Oh. And this guy was sitting on the stage with the pastor. And I think I walked in to church <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Because here's this guy who just took all my money and he's, oh on, my he's on the stage with the pastor. And I'm like, no, I'm out. I'm like, I'm not, Wait, I'm not doing this today. And I'm like, Trevor's like, Lauren. And I'm like, dude, no, I'm not yeah. listening to this guy. Like he just, well, like, and so I actually, you know, left that church service and wrote the, like the lead pastor. And I'm like, listen, you probably have no idea. And why would you, sure. but you probably need to do a little research on the guests you're having on stage. Cause this guy literally just followed me and yeah. took 70 grand and dude, that's not okay. This is the thing is like, you don't just decide like that morning when you wake up, you're like, oh, oh yeah, never had this thought before. Like all of that was intentional. Like Absolutely. the same thing with Oxygen Magazine. They yeah. knew they were, they were closing out. They knew they were going to file for bankruptcy and they yeah. still took my money and yeah. they did not give any of it back. Dang. No. What? And that's where you have to be careful. Cause I'm like, I want to believe everybody's good. And I, sure. and, and, and listen, 
business kind of, it does, it, it hardens you a little bit, right? Because you can't go through it and not be screwed. It's, it's not possible. Um, but it is really, um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be that person who's not trusting, but people have to earn trust. And that's what I've learned. And that's really hard for me because my mom taught me that everybody's good and the, you know, the sky's blue. And I'm like, no, I believe that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My world has just gotten super small. Right. I mean, as people who grow businesses and get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, this, your world just gets smaller because you can't trust everybody. Yeah. I think that, um, you probably learned that a lot sooner than me because you're a lot more in the public eye. Yeah, it is tough. And actually like, People people ask me if I were to go back and to do it again, would I do it again having the same life that I have now? And it's really hard to answer because I would say the friendships that I have, I don't I don't have any close friends. Like I, you know, I work, I have my kids, my family. Um, but you become extremely like it's walls, I think, that you put up you know, and that you become, you become more selective on the people that you allow in your life. And it's weird for me because like, not only do I have businesses, public businesses, a restaurant that anybody can walk into, but I also have a massive social media audience and a platform. And so for me to be, to be running business, to be in charge of like all of these projects that I have going on, you know, it get it does, it really does harden you and you have to you know, you can't allow that to affect the opportunities and possibilities that could be presented to you tomorrow because True. of your experiences that have made you hard. Well, I'm always your friend. I know you are my friend. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's like, it's true because, um, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. So kind of talk to me a little bit about, you know, you wanted to start this company, yes. The Glitter. So yeah. what, what, like what happened when Kroger, they wanted a hundred and five something, 5,000, uh, of that these, what yeah. did you do? Well, you know, how I, did you, did you hire your team? Like, did you get Taylor in there? Oh, like, nope, nope, nope. I mean, at this point, at this point, still in the business, it's so young. Right. And so that's another thing like for us to have you know, cause we're regulated by, we have to have a quality department or BRC certified. We're all these things. What's BRC is, um, it's kind of like, like SQF where you have to come in and have a massive audit every year on like your processes, your procedures, like keeping samples, being able to track it back, you know, from recalls to, I mean, like books, paperwork, this oh. thing, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I would say as we've continued to grow and our growth has been so big, we just have started putting the right people in place where we have plant managers. I have engineers. I have logistics teams. I have quality teams. I have sales teams. I have... How many, how many employees do you think you have working underneath you now? At our, like, so right now, and so that's another thing, we've become very seasonally organically. Um, I think last year I had 362 employees Um in December. And then, you know, it's kind of hard because I'm re kind of structuring the company a little bit where some of the stuff that you say yes to, because you need the sales, I'm kind of 
pulling out of that stuff. I'm launching a new line of decorated cookies, glittery, of course, um, a new line of glittery cookies that will be sold in all of the grocery stores and all the big boxes we sell in now. Um, and so I'm working on that. So we kind of slowed down, even though like last year we had our biggest year yet, we are almost slowed down a little in first and second quarter. Cause I was pulling out stuff that we didn't want to do anymore. Sure. Now focusing on like the things that we need to focus on. See, I've never been a huge, okay. For the way I bootstrapped this, which I did, um, I'm not a huge like business plan person. Okay. Because I think at the very beginning, like, look, look at me. If I said I was only going to do sugars and glitter and that's all I was going to do. And I was going to stick by that. We'd be out of business. Okay. And where I pivoted and went into gingerbread houses and cookie kits, that's where we've seen our massive growth. Right. So I've we've seen those too, and they look amazing. Yeah. And we've seen massive, massive growth. And so I'm glad now a business plan is very, very important because now we're trying to, okay, what makes sense? What doesn't make sense? Where do we want to grow? How do we grow? You know, because now we're sold in Walmart, Sam's Club, Costco. Um, we did Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, you know what I mean? Like we do hobby. Well, and, and I think that kind of comes back to like the beginning of what you were saying, how um, so, some some decisions are not made because we're fearful, right? Like, and it goes back to what you were saying about like, maybe you don't need an actual business plan, a structured business plan in the beginning because you're still at the exploratory stage, right? Yeah. Like we can't, and, and I can see like a young entrepreneur coming in and being like, okay, this is what I'm going with. This is my business plan. I have to stick with the textbook, you know, ABC, dude, everything that I have done has like been far from textbook. It's literally been imagining, dreaming, and then putting it into action and yeah. not being able to afraid once you get to that level and you experience that it's like, what's beyond that. And mm -hmm. how can you, how can you pivot to a little bit differently, a little bit different? Like there's so many opportunities and, and things out there that I think sometimes we just get so locked in saying this, like, this is it. This is, this is my box and I'm going to stay in it. Right. And you, you can't because I mean, a box has four corners, right? And so that will keep you in that box. And the thing is, is if I didn't kind of pivot and go this way, you know, mm -hmm. sure. So how, how, how has this fulfilled you? Because I know like you're a morning person on the news. I would always see you do like, it'd be the carnival rides. You'd be at, you were like the fun morning news yeah. reporter. Yeah. And like, you just, you had so much energy in the mornings and you brought so much, like, I guess like light and laughter into everybody who watched the news this morning. Um, so you were providing a service for these people. I know you were just doing either meteorology or the more, the morning yeah. news, but now you're also doing something where you're also bringing a different type of like light love togetherness, right? Because cooking, baking, it's really not like a solo thing. You do it like with, with people, like with a gathering. So how yeah. has like, I, I see that there's similarities and like the services, like the things that you've been interested in, how yeah. has this, the bakery bling, how has it fulfilled you? Like your news reporting and the hosting did in the beginning. You know, and it's funny because that world's kind of come full circle now, right? Where now I get to go like on KTLA and do gingerbread houses with them or, you know, do more of these types of shows with, you know, folks. And I, and I love doing that stuff. I think what fulfills me now, and, and that's when you get to the point now, I think where, where I'm at possibly where you're at, it's like, I pick the things I love to do, right? I love the innovation side of it. I always love creating. So that makes me happy. I'm a part of every box design still with Jill, which Jill did brag book, you know, and, um, she's been with me for like, mm, 
12 long time. Yeah. years, right? And like, she knows me from a, like, they call me the, like the Hawkeye because I can pick out a design and say, okay, this is wrong. That's wrong. Okay. Fix this, switch this. And she's like, wow, how do you do that? And I'm like, oh, I love doing that. And now I don't know how, how to design it, but I love, you know, being part of that process. Um, I love sales too. And I think, you know, doing early mornings taught me like, Hey, I need you to get up at like 4am. So how am I going to sell this to you to get up at 4am? So now it's me going out and selling these products to these buyers. And so I still love, of the sales part of it, right? Um, manufacturing is not easy. Um, that's probably the hardest thing we've ever done. Um, you know, and I made a lot of those choices like, okay, we need a 120 foot oven. Okay. Let, yeah. Let's just, yeah, let's just get that. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, you know, like, and not realizing yeah. that, oh, Hey, it's going to cost a hundred grand just to ship it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, <laughs> like oh, okay. I like, there's so many things that I just didn't know. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, now they say like, you used to be like a speedboat and you can, you know, make really quick decisions and you're like, whoosh, whoosh. now like you're the Titanic and it's like making it, but see for me, I'm like, okay, with my brain, I can't take this long to turn. So like, you're going to have to figure that out somehow because I still move really quickly. And I think that's, that can be hard too, because you need your rest of your team to be at your speed and keep up with you. Right. Um, so I don't know if I just totally derailed from what you asked me, but no, 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 I, I, no, that was all really good. Um, like, wh- like, where is all of this found now? Do you have a website? Like where, yeah. if I was like, yeah. Hey, I want to buy, yes. do you have stuff for Valentine's day or for mother's huh. day yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. what do you like, have? Yeah. Tell yeah. Me. Okay. So we have Valentine's day, we have Easter, we have stuff for every day. We do, um, Mother's Day, we do Father's Day. We do. So, do you do direct to consumer or do I do. need to find we out? Do. Oh, okay. Okay. So, we can do bakerybling.com. We're on Amazon. We do those. And then, if depending on like which grocery stores you have around you, I mean, we're in Publix, we're in Kroger's, we're in Stop and Shops, we're in um, Safeway Albertsons across the country, Bailey's. I mean, we're in grocery stores everywhere. So, it just depends where you're at. Let me let me ask you this. Okay. So you've grown yeah. so much over a short period of time. Mm-hmm. What do you, what would you say has been your biggest risk that you have taken, but that it has brought you the most value in terms of growing your company to the next level? Because that, you know, that's, the a, risk, that's, the, a, yeah. that's an interesting question. Okay. The biggest risk actually was opening that plant in Oklahoma city. Okay. And the fact that it's in Oklahoma city, I never thought I'd ever go back there. Um, cause when I left there, I was like, okay, deuces, I'm out. Um, I'm going back home. And then I had basically eight months from start to finish to get another plant open. And because realistically we couldn't afford Southern California, right? Sure. I need a hundred thousand square feet on the beach. Yeah. yeah okay. No. Yeah. Um, that, that was <laughs> Like, let's just make hard. that happen. I would like an office uh, ocean view, please. Yeah, please. Come on. How much is that going to be? Let's just do it. Yeah. I mean, I would <laughs> I would have had to go like to the Inland Empire, which sure. was like a massive commute. It didn't make sense. So I started looking everywhere. Dallas, all the places you should look. Nevada, Arizona. Well, you still have family in Oklahoma City, right? I do. So it makes sense. It made okay. sense. But this plant, so it was an old Walmart popped up. And I guess there had been a dis- dispute in this plant or this property for four years. It just went on the market. I was able to buy this hundred thousand square feet for less than single money, which was seventy five hundred square feet. Okay. Wow. wow. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, let's do it. We bought this building. Guess what? Two months, two weeks, three weeks later from closing, COVID. 
Uh, that was difficult. But buying this building, making our own cookies, we can make 600,000 cookies a day. Okay. Making our own icings, making our own sugar, making our own glitter. We now how, make- how, how much did your stress go up whenever you, I, I remember, I remember the day that they closed stuff down here in Virginia, but yeah. like, here you are, you made a massive jump, right? You're trying to grow the business. You probably see this like issue kind of like lingering the whole like COVID. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. you're probably watching it. You're like, you know, probably like me, like, on like this is so ridiculous like this isn't really going to be a thing right like wake up people and then it is a thing what was your what was your stress levels like of like because i had literally already so so in in this world i sell christmas i'm i live christmas all day long okay (laughs) i'm already i've already sold christmas for next year okay i work on christmas a year and a half out i like live in chris i i I live in christmas every day so christmas is and halloween they're already sold for this coming year right so i had already sold to everyone right at this point target is one of our biggest customers right i think they were 30 percent of our business at this time i ended up having to sell the house in california okay because we we got what it ended up taking forever to get open, right? And you're not talking about a 10,000 square foot plant. You're now in a hundred thousand square feet. Okay. So here comes June. I think I'm turning 40. We're supposed to go to Hawaii. That didn't happen because of COVID. Okay. We come back here and I have a GC on site. He fails every inspection and walks off the job. And this I'm like, city. Mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> okay. GC hat. Let's put it on. Trevor flies back here, opens up St. Clemente again, gets all a fallout. I basically have a month to finish Oklahoma city or we're dead. Right. Because we have all this packaging coming in, all the, all the stuff to make everything coming in. And yet we can't bake a cookie yet. So if we can't bake a cookie yet, well, that's probably the biggest part of the kit. If we, yeah. you know, like we're, we're in trouble. So I became the GC. I got everything closed. I got everything done August. Okay. So now we're into August. Everything's approved food. Say, I mean, food inspections are done. Cities come through all city permits are, you know, done. And I'm like, okay, we're behind at this point. Right. We probably should have started a month earlier. So that was a really, really, really hard year because let's say we were supposed to ship out that year, 8 million. Okay. 8 million. We probably shipped out six. Okay. And so, but I still had all the packaging and everything in house and I still had to pay all those vendors. Right. So it was like, I ended up having to sell my house here to make the company. right. And that was really hard for me. But again, in since then, okay, let's say the 7 million. I mean, now we're at 25. Um, you know what I mean? Like almost 30 million. So it's like our growth has been so massive. That's a two year span. Um, but I think we would have been dead in the water if we never started manufacturing our own products. Now because you do it all. I do it all. I control everything. And the, the reason is if I'm waiting for somebody to deliver me cookies, I mean, we've had palm oil, palm royal shortages. We've had powdered sugar shortages since COVID. Like there's a shortage on something all the time. Right. And then containers getting things in from, you know, we have our little 3d pieces that go in every kit Monterey plant, which opens this month, we'll be making all of those, but we were getting everything in from Thailand and the Philippines. So our suppliers over there, well, a a container went from $3,000 
to $40,000 to get a container in, right? So, and everything just went up and it was like, oh my, oh my God. Like, you know, were you starting to make these moves before we started seeing inflation and stuff? Were you moving towards like, obviously like the plant, like doing everything. So was this, was this so you could be more in control of everything that was happening with the development of your product? Or was it because like your margin was going to be bigger? Like you have the initial investment off the beginning. This is the same reason why I own my own screen printing company. And the whole reason why I wanted to own my own screen printing company is so I could have full control of creatives. I could go in there and do whatever I wanted at any time. But I knew after the initial investment was was over, like I would eventually make more money off the margin because I am doing it all in-house and I'm not having another party print my stuff. No. And here's the thing, Ashley, now to this day, I don't know how we've done it. I'm the sole owner of this company. So I don't have a partner, right? So I've had to, when I say bootstrap, when I became the GC, there were no other options. When I'm yeah. painting those floors, that's what I had to do. Sure. And it's like, sometimes you do the work you don't want to do, but you have to do it because your success, that's what thats what matters. Sure. You and know? that's what pe- people don't see that. You know, these entrepreneurs, you know, like yourself, myself, make over millions of dollars. You don't see, you don't see the hard work that goes in, like the sacrifices you being like, Oh, I guess we have to sell our house. Like, this is it. We're going to sell our house. We're going to put everything right here. And like, we're doing it. Like, because once I have my sights set on something, I got to be here. We're going to do it. And this is it. I'm going all in. And I, I think that a lot of these younger brands coming up, you know, especially these younger generations, they don't see, they really don't see like the hard work that goes on. Like when the cameras and, and, you know, you don't have the highlight reels going on. It is hard, hard work, late nights of just stress and, you know, wanting to pull your hair out and being like, look, it's my, my two options here are either I'm going to make it or I'm going to make it. Like, those are the only options that I've given myself. And no matter what it takes, the job is going to get done. And yeah, if that is Lauren becoming a GC or your own general contractor and like doing the work, like it's got to happen. Absolutely. And I think that's the hard part, right? Because everybody wants, I mean, listen, I'd love, I remember back being 20, you just think things are so easy. And it's it just like, no, so many people have made so many sacrifices, but even my team, so many people on my team have made sacrifices to help me get here. And the thing is, I can't do it by myself sure. anymore, yeah. right? You have to have a good team of people, people you trust people you can delegate to. And, you know, for an entrepreneur, for me, I keep a lot in my brain, right? Like I understand I can look at an inventory inventory sheet to this day and tell them if they're off on inventory, just by knowing it from like the orders and everything I can subtract in my brain. I'm like, they gave me one three weeks ago. I'm like, okay, (laughs) nope, that's wrong. You know? So it's like, I, you know, but, but that's, you have to, you know, I've realized there's the visionary and there's the implementer, right? And the implementer is the person who brings the organization, brings the, as you get to these levels, like, you know, we've just read the book Traction and like implementing EOS systems and things like that and holding everybody accountable. And those are the things what that- is, What is the book that you just read? Can you talk traction. about that for the listener? It's called Traction. Yeah, and what is that traction. book for? Um, oh my, it's like the first page. I was like, this book was meant for me. Um, it just says like, it, it, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's when you get to a certain level and you can't do things by yourself anymore, right? Yeah. So if you kind of find yourself at that like pivotal moment where you've seen an increase in sales or you're getting to, you know, higher numbers, you realize you can't do it all, nor do you want to, right? Um, you, this book is just, it's it's amazing to me because the first page I was like, yeah, 
this is me. This book was written for me. I'm going to check that book out. You know, and it's like talking about letting go of the vine and bringing the right people in and, you know, just, you know, every, all the steps that have to happen. And then there's implementers all across the country that can help come into your organization and bring the organization and structure you need to get to those next levels. Because for us, when we're making, like we're, we're not just a service company, right? We act, we're not a marketing firm. We actually make this product. So for, for us to keep growing, how we're growing, um, we've definitely had to make some internal adjustments. Um, what, so what's your vision for bakery bling? Like as it grows, I'm like, what do you, what do you envision? What is like your vision board? What's, What's next for Bakery Blink? Right here. No, um, <laughs> my, uh, my vision is, um, listen, we have definitely disrupted the gingerbread um, space. And that's great. Um, I love that. But I also see how, um, I also see how being a, heavy third and fourth quarter company is like really hard. You know, I used to like the fall. Um, And when you have to get this much out in this short of a time, there's so much organization and structure that goes into it. So my vision now is taking these decorated and flavored cookies that come finished, that can be sold all year long, start putting those into the spaces we're in, selling those year long, stabilizing the company a bit, and then continuing the growth, right? So we're, we'll continue growing, 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 growing. I mean, we are, we can be the largest gingerbread company in the world. I know that cookie company, you know, I mean, our growth, you know, our growth is so big. Yeah. I can imagine that in the fall and the winter, because that's when all of like the gingerbread, all the houses, like that has to be like super, super busy. So you do hire seasonally then do you, we do you have hire to, we have to um when, when does that start for you like when does your when does your your seasonal holiday <laughs> april that's <laughs> so I was wondering. yeah okay yeah, april i mean and it could start earlier than that as you continue to grow you yeah, know i sure. mean to be honest i'm trying to stabilize growth a little bit this year um just because um i think internally we need to get stronger we have yeah. to get stronger. And so it's hard when you grow, 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 grow. Well, you have so many new people. I mean, understanding what we do. I mean, I get it, right? Like, duh, how do you not get it? No, right, it takes right. time. You have to give people time because if not, you can really burn through people, right? Yeah. And you don't want to do that. And you don't mean to do that, right? But it yeah. becomes very hard when you're growing that fast. Sure, sure. Well, somebody who had, you have such a clear vision of like yes. what you want from the company and I actually struggle with that too, because you have to be very good at communicating with your team, what your vision is, because I'm the same way. I have all of this amazing things in my head. I know exactly what I want to do with my brands. I know how I want to grow. I know like these other companies in my mind that I'm like, Oh, I would like to start this or that. But like, you have to be able to communicate that with your team. And there has to be like a clear visual understanding that you guys are both on the same path and that you understand where the ship is going. Oh, this is the book. The book Traction. because you're okay. the visionary, right? Yes, you're the visionary. You have to you'll yeah. listen. I'm gonna send this to you and you're gonna be like, oh I was actually gonna God. buy it after we got off of our yeah, uh, you know, podcast. seriously. And then you need to have someone on this. Actually, I have a great lady, and she's so organized and phenomenal, and like she's an implementer and was trained by somebody from this book, like who wrote the book. Yeah. And it's amazing because she's the bit because we're the visionaries. Sure. 
Sure. And so they, this helps you carry out your vision. Yeah. Yes. It's really important. I think like being able to unlock that something else, I don't know if you've experienced this either, but like I've, I've, it could be a little bit because I've gotten hard, like a little bit hardened along the way, you know, this journey you have to, but I think that it's easy to like be afraid to stop dreaming either this last probably like a year and a half ago, I realized that like, not that any one particular thing happened to me, but it's easy to get so caught up in just like the systems and the processes that we don't think like, Oh, like I am a dreamer. I am a visionary. Like I have to continue to take my company to the next level. And like, what does it look like for us in two years? What does it look like for us in five years? And it's easy to like, it's not even complacency. It's like, as an entrepreneur, we can get tied down doing the things that you need to basically give off to other people to help grow your company. You're right. And, and uh, I, think you're right. I mean, you know, and I'm kind of coming to the place now um, where I want to enjoy life too. And I sure. really feel like for the last five years, I've lived a really kind of, you know, like unhealthy lifestyle, Yeah. yeah. right? Getting this yeah. to, to here. Yeah. And it's like, you know, my mom and Taylor went to breakfast this morning and I'm like, I just feel like just to go have breakfast and not worry about anything else, yeah. you know? <laughs> Dude, I, want- I, I think, I think that too. Yeah. Cause it's like every moment that we have, we just, you know, we work and we grind and cause it's like, it's your baby at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, it is. Um, well, that's, that's like incredible. I want to, I want to ask you, um, if there's any young entrepreneurs listening to this, um, mm-hmm. doesn't matter, you know, like, let's just say it doesn't matter how old they are. They're just getting into it. What would be some, I guess, like, is there like a mantra or something that you held on to throughout like these last five or six years of this journey? I guess four years. Because it says, it's like, like Bakery League is only 10 years old. What has been like the one thing, like when, when the days are hard and it's tough and it's a drag and you're like, you're like, dude, like I literally don't want to do this anymore. What is something that just has helped keep you going that maybe other entrepreneurs listening to this could be like, okay, if Lauren can do it, if Ashley can do it, like I can do it. I guess my family, you know, I mean, I see how hard this world is getting and I can't imagine like being a kid coming out in this now, just because like I used to go play in the Hills, right. For hours on end, I would play outside. I would do my thing. And I think now, like I worry about my kids. I want them all to be in careers they love. Like I always tell them, like, I hope my goal is that I can give you the opportunity to do whatever you want to do in this world. Right. And not to be stuck in a job that they hate. Like I always say, you're going to work, but you're going to work hard. So pick something you like. And I think that keeps me going because I want them to have that. I mean, I love working. So I can't, I I, I don't think I could have ever been a mom just at home. And that's nothing against people that are at home, but I love having my little bit of sense of self. And there's so much sense of self I get from this job. Um, and that's what keeps me going is that love and also wanting to give my family a wonderful life. Ooh, I love that. That's very honorable. Well, yeah, but you know, there's also something too. And, you know, you know, and I say this and I, I can't say I've always lived true to this, but you know, there's different, I've read this book and it's like, there's different balls in your life. Some are rubber, some are glass. 
and your family is a glass ball, your marriage may be a glass ball, your job is a rubber ball, right? And rubber bounces, glass breaks, right? So if your family and your husband or whatever, your boyfriend, whatever it is, if it, if they break, they can shatter. And so, you know, I always too want to make sure that I'm living a healthy life. And I think sometimes work can suck you in so much too, that you, you can't get out. That is, that is really true. Yeah. It's easy to get caught up in, uh, in yeah. work and that pause is something that I'm definitely trying to be more cognizant of, um, hard taking. Though. it is very hard. It's hard because I mean, I'm the same way. Like I love work. I will wake up. Like I cannot wait to wake up every single morning to start work. I, I can't, but like there's day, like it's a grind, you know, it's a grind and you have to, even though you're running a business and you're running a shop yet, you, you got to take care of the things that are most important to you. No. And it's so, so funny. Cause I was showing Trevor a picture of you the other day and he's like, she looks the same. And I'm like, I know. She I think you look exactly the same too. I know. But I remember like, I used to try and eat like some of your diet and it, at this time it was like Greek <laughs> yogurt and that yeah. cereal that was like, do you remember when I was living, do you remember when I was living with you and I was getting ready for a competition and I was cooking tilapia in your house? I was like, dude, I lived with you for a while too. <laughs> I know, but I was like, what was that cereal that you used to love with the Greek yogurt? And I'm like, just, I needed like, like the cardboard. I don't. Yeah, I'm like I need like, at like least, fiber one. Fiber one is like well, I don't know. I'm like I need at least ten things of Splenda in this thing to even like try and get this down. Yeah, yeah. Lauren and I have a good a good history of uh, you know, she was always like the really pretty news anchor. Like, you know, I'm like Lauren, come on, like we got to eat more protein. Like we're doing this workout thing. She's like, the carbs. What the fuck are you doing right now? She just look at me. But hey, dude, it was so so great to like yeah. catch up. Um, is there anything else that you want to say or like to leave with anybody? So bakeryblink.com. What is your yep. Instagram? Um, Lauren Richardson Brooks. Okay, um, and I'm you know that's another thing. Like it's really hard. Like. I don't know. I was in the spotlight for so long. So it's, I don't like have a camera that follows me around all day. I mean, I just, I I try and work really hard and I know I need to do more of that stuff just because being out in the public eye is really good for building a brand. So I'm working on that type of stuff. Um, but no, I mean, honestly, I, I love to help people and you know, there's people who email me are like, Hey, you know, you know, and I'm like, mm, it doesn't matter what industry and you could be in my same industry and I would still help, you know? So I don't know. I just, it's a hard world. And sometimes people don't know how to navigate through it. And I think finding mentors and making sure you have somebody who's giving you sound advice is really important too. Hey, well, thank you so much for coming on today's reborn podcast. Um, I would love to do like another podcast together and I think, um, we'll get some feedback from this one, but I think we can really talk about like a lot of business stuff or like just a lot of like branding, um, a lot of things that we could probably like talk about, uh, whenever you have time in the next upcoming months. Yeah. Um, a Vegas trip, a Vegas trip. (laughs) Yeah. I would love to do a Vegas trip. So do my birthday's coming up. Wait, did we go to, did we go to Vegas for my birthday or was it just like a random, I don't know. I, and I'm not sure I would re- even remember at this point. Cause I'm yeah. not, I don't know. <laughs> that was the worst. Vegas <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I don't even remember all of it. So I'm like, <laughs> I, I think we were there what for 24 hours. Yeah. Guys, yeah. first of all, we were not, we weren't even there for like 24, maybe 48 hours. And, uh, I still use, I learned so much from that trip and it's like, you you have to pace yourself. 
when you go to Vegas. Oh, yeah. you and I don't. Like, I'm like all in. Like, yeah, mm. me too. Then we were like in our rooms the rest of the time. <laughs> uh, anyways, it's so great to catch up catch up with a great friend nonetheless yes. it's so good to see like your success and everything that you're doing um you and too. I'm just like it's exciting to see you grow so hats off to you you too love right, you Lauren. see you soon love you too talk bye. to you soon bye thank you guys so much to listening to the reborn podcast with myself and uh, make sure you leave us a review in the Apple podcast. Tell your friends about the show. And thank you again for listening to Reborn from Ironclad. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Swallow your pride. There's nowhere to hide. What would you decide when it's on the line? If it's do or die, would you compromise? Or would you stand through the storm and roll with the tide? Would you be the one to fight or the one to hide? You can never touch the sky. Don't try to fly. Rocky roads, but we stayed unshakable. Been through it all and we still unbreakable.